My brothers and my sisters, what a gracious God we serve. Yes, yes, yes. yes. What a blessed God we serve. Yep. In the midst of what we're going through, nothing has stopped us from serving him and looking up to him. So we want to talk with us this morning from the subject, God's due season. God's due season. I wish you'd turn in your Bibles to Galatians 6 and 9. It says that and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, somebody said due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And there's a word in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. God's due season. Now, if these were ordinary time, we would ask us to turn to your neighbor, to anyone, to someone, but we can do it anyhow. Turn to them, to somebody, and say to them, every one of us has a date with God's due season. Whether we recognize it or not, we have got to deal with it. It's absolutely unavoidable. Want to be there on time. Amen. Amen. My brothers and my sisters, throughout the Holy Bible, over and over again, we find the word season. It occurs all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Seasons. Especially in the Northeast, our region in the region in which we live, the region in which we reside. We use the word season when we're talking about the weather. Spring, summer, fall and winter. We are blessed in our region to have that kind of weather so that if you don't like it, just wait a few minutes. It all changes. Sometimes we use the word season to speak of sports. We talk about the football season. We talk about the basketball season. We talk about the baseball season. Even in agriculture, we speak of a planting season, a cultivating season, and a harvesting season. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes to everything that is a season. Sure enough, that is a season for everything. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, he admonishes him to preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. I was pastoring down in Mount Nebo Baptist Church in Madison, Illinois. Sister Golightly would always say, pray in season and out of season so you can catch the season when it comes. But when we use the word season, we're not talking about the weather. We're not talking about sports. No, we're talking about farming. We're talking about a time that God solemnly wants to truly bless you. Can I get a witness in here? You do know that God is still in the blessing business. Somebody here knows that he's still in the blessing business. 
Maybe I need to stop right here and ask somebody, do you know that he's still in the blessing business? Do you know that God is blessing you right now? He woke you up this morning, started you on your way, didn't let you sleep too late, woke you up right on time. God is blessing all of us right now. God's blessing can be experienced in the spring or in the fall. It can take place when the weather is cold as well as when the weather is hot. God's season can take place anywhere from January through December. The text says that God's season is in due season. So the message today is about God's due season. That means that when the blessings of God are due and deserved, God will make a way to get it to you somehow. Let me say that again. That means that when the blessings of God are due and deserved, God will make sure that you get it. That's the reason why when blessings come in a neighborhood without my involvement, without my participation, I don't worry because God is my father and I know I'm his child. And I know that he's not going to leave me out. Somebody listen to me. That might just be your day. But my day is on the way. Right around the corner. And listen to this. It had my name on it. Had my address. And my personal pin number on it. Oh, I wouldn't take nothing in the place of God's due season. Looking at God's due season through the eyes of the text, there are variations in multiple translations of the Bible. And we've already learned the King James Version says, in due season. The contemporary English Version says, when the time is right. William Barclay's translation says, when the proper time comes. And then the Living Bible says, for after a while. Let's look at that entire verse from the Living Bible. It said, and let us not get tired of doing what's right. For after a while, we shall reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up and get discouraged. I'm sure you have the picture by now. In due season means in God's own time. In due season means when God gets ready, when God sees fit. In due season means when God gets ready for it to happen. Our time is not always God's time. He's higher than we are. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Oh, let me make it plain and give you the bottom line of what Paul is saying in this verse. Paul is saying people don't allow negative-minded people to stop you from carrying out the assignment which God has given to you. Don't allow professional agitators and instigators and prevaricators to call you to quit doing your Christian duty. Oh, I wish I had somebody up here with me. Am I up here just talking to myself or do I have some witnesses in this house? God may seem to be acting slowly, but in his own time, hallelujah, at the proper time, you have been waiting for a blessing. Don't give up. You've been praying for a breakthrough. Don't stop. Isaiah told us, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Yes, in due season, things are going to turn around for you. 
your investments of time, your investments of energy and good works are going to start paying off. God's promises are sure. And I, he never made a promise that he did not keep. With God, you're going to reap some handsome dividend if you wait on him. In short, serving the Lord will pay off after a while. Don't you know that those are encouraging words to any God-fearing, law-abiding person who's trying to play this game of life by the rule? Isn't it strange that there seems to be more pressure upon us to do that which is wrong than there is to do that which is right. In our society, which is characterized by gross dishonesty, blatant immorality, and where all sorts of perverts are coming out of the closet, we are more likely to be criticized for holding high standards of conduct and doing those things which are right than doing those things which are wrong. When all of us let our hair all the way down and adhere to no moral restraints whatsoever. So Paul is right, right on target when he said, let us not be weary in well-doing. Are y'all listening to me? I'll tell you something. Well-doing will make you the target of severe criticism. Can I get a witness? Upright living will make you the object of ridicule and scorn. Somebody need to help me right here. Common decency will call you to be called such contemptible names as a nerd square and oddball. It's very easy to become weary when your life is filled with wholesome activities which would fall into the general category of well-doing. But Paul said, let us not be weary. Let us not become victims of our own critics. Let us not fall into the traps which they have set for us. Don't allow your critics to destroy you with their words of contempt and hatred. Stand your ground. There is one good time when obeying this law is law-abiding and in good order. Stand your ground. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 said, Well, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, y'all ain't helping me, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor shall not be in vain. Now let me say it again, what I've alluded to before, and I like this in God's due season, that is when the proper time comes. God's due season is when God gets ready to bless you. When God gets ready to bless you, all the hellhounds of Satan's payroll can't stop you from getting what God has in store for you. Oh, what a wonderful thought. Let me say that again. I said when God gets ready to bless you, all the hellhounds on Satan's payroll can't stop you from getting what God has in store for you. Can I get a witness? In due season. It can be in hot weather or it can be in cold weather. It may be in December. It may be in January. In due season. I wish somebody would help me here. God has a blessing for those who don't allow themselves to become weary in well-doing. The Apostle Paul talks about not becoming weary. And he gives a list of items and practices and challenges which fall into the category of well-doing. In other words, after naming some of the things which constitute well-doing, he admonishes us not to become weary. I want to just lift up a couple of those things in the sixth chapter of Galatians where the sixth, there are six virtues. Give me about three and I'll let you alone. 
The first virtue which he main mentions is forgiveness. Yeah. Verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, without a doubt, that is well doing. That is the kind of well doing which will cause you to be criticized by those self-righteous people in our society who take pride in destroying people who have made mistakes. Paul said when somebody yields to temptation and falls into sin, instead of stepping on them and aggravating the wound which has already been made, you ought to pick them up and help them to regain the place which they once enjoyed. In other words, when someone falls, let the emphasis be upon restoration rather than punishment. Now, that's well doing. The language which Paul uses in this admonition is noteworthy. He said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. You see, he begins by addressing the whole congregation. He said, brethren, that includes everybody in the great Abyssinian church. But when he states his agenda and asks them to deal with it, he divides the congregation into two categories. He said, ye which are spiritual. In other words, I'm not talking to those who belong to the church because the church gives you special respectability. I'm not talking to those who just came along for the ride. I'm not talking to those self-righteous do-gooders who think that they are going to help me anyhow. No, I'm talking to those who are spiritual, spiritual Christians. There are carnal Christians, but I'm talking about spiritual Christians. Those of you who acknowledge that you are sinners saved by grace and a loving God. You are the one whom I'm addressing. When one of your members fall down, don't step on them. Don't try to keep them down. Instead, lift them up and restore him or her back into the fellowship. I tell you, that's well doing. And that will get you into some trouble. Many people in our society, even in the church, are bloodthirsty. They enjoy seeing people suffer. They enjoy putting people down way up high just so they can watch them fall down. When these sadistic individuals get ready to destroy somebody, they recruit other members to join their ranks. And when you refuse to become a part of that movement, you'll be blacklisted. They'll treat you so cool that you think you're a refrigerator. You'll soon find yourself on the verge of becoming weary. But Paul admonishes us, don't let that happen. We must not grow weary in well-doing. Can I get some help in here? We must not allow other people's hatred to keep us from loving all of God's children. We must not allow their refusal to forgive to get in the way of keeping us from forgiving just as God would have us to do. So forgiveness is the first virtue which Paul lists as an example of well-doing. And then in verse 2 he sees another one. He lists another one. He said, bear ye one another's burden. Now I don't have to tell you that when you live an unselfish life and spend a whole lot of time helping other people that you're going to become the object of severe criticism. Can I get a witness here? You're sometimes going to be called a show-off. You're going to be accused of grandstanding. Your motives will be misconstrued and misinterpreted 
And you'll be called and called or put on in the worst sense of the term. You see, when you're unselfish, you show up those people who are misers and who are too stingy to give you the time of day. A person who is very generous makes someone who is very stingy look bad. Can I get some help here? So when you let it be known that you're going to relieve the burden of somebody who is weak, worn and weary, be prepared to take on the critics. They will organize to make you weary of your well-doing. They have no interest in helping the people in need it. And they'll try to throw a stumbling block in your path when you attempt to help them. They don't want you to help somebody as you pass along. They don't want you to cheer somebody with a word or song. They don't want you to show somebody he is traveling wrong. You see, that's well-doing. And they won't be satisfied until you become weary. They want you to be living to be in vain. But Paul said, don't let this happen. Stand tall. Don't give up. Don't buckle under the strain. Don't get weary. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. For in due season, in the proper time, in due season, in God's own time, in due season, when God gets ready, somebody ought to help me here. You're going to get your blessing. And all the devils in hell can't do anything about it. I said that when God gets ready, you're going to get your blessing. And all the devils in hell can't do anything about it. So Paul lists forgiveness and bearing one another's burden as two virtues which can be labeled at well-doing and which will cause you to meet with so much criticism that you just might grow weary. Well, let me add to that list. Let's look at some other instances of well-doing. How about telling the truth? Can I get a witness here? How about telling the bare naked truth? That's well-doing. How about being honest in all your dealings with your fellow man? That's well-doing. How about paying your bills on time? That's well-doing. How about visiting the sick and the shut-in? How about feeding somebody who is hungry? How about giving a word of encouragement to someone who is depressed? How about being loyal to your church? How about coming to Bible study and prayer service? How about showing a little more love and kindness toward your fellow church members? How about being a better husband, a better wife, as the case might be? All of these practices fall into the category of well-doing. And you can rest assured that when you begin to practice them, you're going to have confrontation with the devil. But don't worry about that. Somebody said, if you never had a head-on collision with the devil, it means that both of you must be traveling in the same direction. Can I get a witness here? So don't worry about all the tactics of Satan will cause you to become weary. Paul said that if you hold out, if you hold out, in due season, in God's own time, if you hold out, deliverance surely will come. In due season, when God gets ready, you'll receive your blessing. Ecclesiastes put it well, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Well, let me try to get out of here. Every time I read that scripture and take circumstances, I can't help but remember our slave four parents who worked for 250 years without a payday. I don't have to tell you that their lives were characterized by well-doing. 
They plied the ground. They planted the seeds. They chopped the cotton in the summer and went back and picked it in the fall. They slopped the hogs. They milked the cows. They cooked the meal. They loaded the steamboats. Can I get a witness here? They helped build the White House. They drove the railroad spikes. They worked from sun up to sundown for 250 years and they never had a penny. No 40 acres, no mule, did you hear me? No 40 acres and no mule. That was sure enough, well done. But what I like about this is they never got time. They never got weary. Can I get a witness here? While they were working, they would always stop for a moment and saying, walk together, children. Don't get weary. There's a great camp meeting in the promised land. Our slave folk parents believe that in God's own time, in God's time, when God gets ready, some changes are going to be made. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Can I get some help here? Somehow another God looks at all of our situations. Look at this. God hooked up a Caucasian female and an African male and gave us Barack Hussein Obama. And look what God has done all over this nation. In George Floyd's death, they made it for evil, but somehow God made it for good. But all over this world, Christians are rising up saying enough is enough. God is going to rule. Look at this. Bull Connor is gone. And now a brother by the name of Randall Wolfen sits in the mayor's chair in Birmingham, Alabama. Y'all ain't listening to me. Lester Maddox is gone, and a black woman, Keisha Last Bottom, is sitting in the mayor's chair in Atlanta, Georgia. More office holders of color in Mississippi than any other state in the nation. Houston and Dallas, Texas, Philly, New York, New Jersey, all have seen black brothers and sisters in high places. Can I get a witness here? Well, I've talked long enough. Let me try to get out of here. As I close, I think about Jesus. Anybody here know anything about Jesus? Anybody here know anything about Jesus? Whose entire life was spent doing good. Everything that Jesus ever did fell into well-doing. The Bible says he went about doing good. Can I get a witness here? I need some help right here. Right here. I'm getting out of here. I said, Jesus, he healed the sick. He opened blinded eyes. He unstopped deaf ears. He cut loose stammering tongues. He raised up bowed down head. He even raised up dead folk. Yes, everything he did, you can call well doing. His enemies tried to stop him. Can I get a witness here? His enemies tried to dissuade and discourage him. They went so far as to nail him on an old rugged cross. But they forgot one thing. He said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men under me. I'm glad that while Jesus was hanging on that cross, he didn't allow himself to become weary. You see, Jesus knew that after Friday, can I get a witness here? There would be some new season. Jesus knew 
that after Saturday and Saturday night, there was going to be something happening early Sunday morning. Can I get a witness here? Early Sunday morning. God, due season came into reality. So don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't stop. Keep on going. Time is filled with swift transition. Mark of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes 